Well, I want to thank all y'all for being here. It's always good to be here with you every week. Uh, if we have any visitors, I, I didn't notice that we do, but if we did, just want them to know that they're always welcome anytime they could be here. I'll try to speak up and do a better job, so hopefully y'all will be able to hear me. I'll try to lean in here and get this uh, get the sound going better. So I thought we would start start this new year by examining ourselves. You know, how are we doing? Where are we at in life in this new year? Has the last year left us sad or discouraged or depressed? Are we mentally and emotionally drained? Are we spiritually drained? Do we feel hopeless or joyless? The last year, 2020, has been rough with troubles and distress, a lot of negativity through the last year. I know some people have felt trapped and isolated. They've been kept from family and friends, and, and some have even felt, you know, unsafe to even come to church at times, and that has been a legitimate health concern for some. So how does it feel to be in the new year, to be in 2021, you know, instead of, and then out of 2020? Are we encouraged? Are we hopeful? Are we looking for hopefully new and better things? Or are we expecting the same old, same old of last year, the same old bad things to continue? We should really be looking and hoping for a new beginning, a fresh start. If we read in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 30 and 31, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So if we are tired and discouraged, we should be looking to build up our spirit and our faith. So let's ask ourselves something else. Sorry, I don't have anything. I don't have any like fancy slides or anything. I just I just do it the old way, the way I uh, know to do it. So hope that's all right. But let's ask ourselves something else. Are we thankful to God for our blessings, for what we have? Do we take time to praise God for all he has done for us? How's our, how's our personal Bible study? How, how's that going? Are we doing that? How's our personal prayer life? Are we doing that? Are we managing that? And yeah, I mean this towards myself, okay? <laughs> this is not picking on anybody. If it is picking on anybody, it's me. Um, but are we sincerely making time for God each day? Or are we just phoning it in? Are we too busy? Are we too busy focusing on things here that are temporary? These things are of great importance in our daily lives. These things we mentioned here, being thankful, taking the time to praise God, our personal Bible study, and our personal prayer life. They're not just important because God wants us to do them, though that is definitely an excellent reason to do that. But these activities also help us. 
They help us to grow our faith and peace and contentment. They help us to grow in the Lord. These are the things we need to do for God, but they're also for ourselves. The benefits of these actions toward God brings us renewed strength and faith to continue through the day-to-day struggles. We do have personal troubles. We do have personal giants that we must face in our lives. Let's not face those alone, but let's face them with God, knowing that He has our back. With that in mind, I want to kind of do an overview of these four things, these activities, or actions that we take toward God, gratefulness, praise, you know, reading our Bible, and prayer. Of course, we'll not be able to go through each completely. Any one of these could be an entire series, an entire series of itself. So, um, but maybe we can encourage each other and ourselves as we move into this new year, if we just look at these briefly. So let's start with being thankful, being grateful to God. The world would tell us God doesn't exist. He hasn't done anything. We don't need to be grateful. Instead, we should be thankful to the universe or nature or to ourselves. As if we've done everything and created everything ourselves. But we know that is not true. Everything has a beginning and an end. And as far as we're concerned, everything began with God. Being thankful, grateful for our blessings, is always a good way to get our attitude in the right place. When we give thanks to God, we humble ourselves and acknowledge God as our source. We should be grateful even just for each new day we have. Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a very good example of that. Pause and think of what God has given us personally. Not just what we all have collectively, though that's great. We have a lot of blessings to be thankful for, but but personally, make it personal and be specific. Let's be thankful for our family, our children, our friends. Thankful we have a job or income. Thankful we have food or water and shelter. And yeah, I guess be thankful for that plate of spaghetti I ate or, you know, whatever it is. You know, be thankful for these things. Um, thankful for the time we have with our loved ones. Be thankful for the little mundane things, the things we take for granted every day that we can, we can see, we can hear, we can walk, we can taste, we can drive a car. If we look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, and this is Paul speaking, uh, let your conduct be, wait, actually, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, do we? So anyways, the Hebrew writer, sorry, I'm so used to saying it's Paul because so many of them are. But anyway, let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If we look at this in the in the kind of the two parts it is, if we appreciate what we have, 
all the good things in our life, then we will be content. We will be satisfied. Start thanking God every day for what he has given us and, and be specific about those things. You know, we have uh, the house we live in. We have our heat. Um, even when we don't feel like it, and there will be those days, there's those days where we don't feel like we're very thankful. Maybe we're grumpy and things aren't, <laughs> aren't especially going the way we want them to go, but we need to make sure that we're still thankful on those days. That's how we develop good habits and make a good practice of having that right attitude of, well, attitude of gratitude, as some people say, that, that right appreciative attitude toward God. And we should always be, if we look at the second part of that, we should always be glad and grateful that the Lord is with us. He is with us to help us, to comfort us, to lead us. If we look at Psalm 34, verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Let's be grateful for Jesus who has delivered and does deliver us and remember to thank Jesus for his sacrifice every day. No matter our troubles, think of what he did for us and appreciate it. <clears throat> Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 15 for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Thank God that Jesus knows and understands our weaknesses, our temptations. That's uh, just some of the things we have to be grateful for. Things to be grateful to God. Thanking God helps keep our attitude in the right place, reminding us of... Uh, reminding us to look to God uh, toward the light, toward the positive. Thankfulness helps. It helps diminish our concerns and our, our negativity and issues. It helps diminish those things in our mind. It helps give us more peace because we know and we see God's blessings more clearly. Next, Let's look at praise, and we, we should praise God daily. The world will laugh at us. It will tell us we're silly or dumb. Might as well praise a, a fence post, but we know better. How many times have we come to church, we're feeling down, we're feeling sad, feeling, I don't know, blah, for all that matters. I mean, just nothing. But we come here and we join in singing songs and praise to God because that's the first thing we do, and it just lifts our spirit. It, it brings us up out of that that bad feeling and it just helps us to uh, draw closer to God to feel like we are being built up it encourages us so praise is similar to being grateful but not exactly the same it is different praise complements God it honors him in our hearts and in truth, we talk about worshiping in truth. Whether we sing or pray praises, sincere glorifying of God reminds our hearts and our minds who is in control and who God is to us. Psalm 28, verse 7, 
The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. We rejoice in the Lord. Praise him for being the God Almighty. There is no other. Praise reminds us of our creator and his power in our lives. He is our protector and he strengthens us for whatever battle we face. Praise also reminds us of his love for us. We look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Now it's 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be a propitiation for our sins. We should praise the Lord for loving us when we were unworthy or even unborn or even just not around, not here. But he loved us. Praise God for making us his children because he loved us. Reminding ourselves of his love causes our faith to grow more and, and ever stronger the more we praise him for it. Then we realize no, the more, sorry, the more we realize God does love us, the more we can see his blessings and his love at work in our lives. If we look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts? Okay, will give good things to those who ask him. Sorry, I'm having trouble with those words there. Too many G's, I guess. But if we don't know, if we don't know God loves us, we don't know He really cares, then would we believe these scriptures? Would we understand that God only gives us what is good for us? Praising God strengthens our faith by reminding us of God's power. It reminds us that He created the universe. Knowing that God, the omnipotent one that he is, that he loves us and he's our heavenly father and cares for us and watches out for us as his children. Knowing the most powerful being in all the universe loves us and is for us and is on our side. That inspires faith and trust and hope. Now we, we get to, I guess, the really hard stuff, our, our personal Bible study. The uh, world would tell you not to bother. It is a book of fairy tales and contradictory nonsense. But you know, the Bible is the best-selling book in history. 
every year the Bible also outsells all other books. The people who create the list of top sellers remove the Bible from their list. They gave various different reasons, but essentially it was because having the Bible be number one all the time was boring. There's no, you know, there's no excitement if everybody knows what it's going to be from week to week, year to year. It's always that same book. But there's a reason that the Bible outsells everything else. It is God's word, uh, God's word. It is truth, and it is a miracle that He created for us in and of itself. We we have this miracle available to us all the time. How can we expect to know God if we do not read or study our Bible in some way? Now, it's not difficult to read the Bible. We can read and understand at least 90% of the Bible's message with little to no issue. If we read the early books of the Old Testament and the Gospels in the New Testament, both God and Jesus are fairly plain about what they expect of us in those in those Bibles, whether, I mean, in those books, whether it be the law or the Gospels, a lot of the same things are repeated in those books and in other books of the Bible. So even if we don't understand it being said one way in one place, we may understand it the way it is said somewhere else in another place. So what do we do? How do we start? Well, we should start by just reading the Bible. It's, it's a book. Read it like a book. Read it from cover to cover. Or start where you would like. If you're really interested in the Old Testament, start with the Old Testament or the New Testament. I normally would recommend that a new Christian start with the Gospels. But you can't really go wrong. Either way, you're going to be reading God's Word. You're going to be learning and understanding from God. And almost everything except possibly baptism is taught in the early books of the Old Testament, as well as in the Gospels. We should stress reading the Bible, the entire Bible, in order more than we do. Read the books within the Bible and read each one in its entirety. Why? Why read the entire Bible? Why read the individual books entirely, completely? Uh, because of the context. If you or just always jumping around and you never take the time to read everything, then you're, you're most liable to lose the context of what's being said. And, and you may miss the lesson that we need to learn from it. So, when we read the Bible and all the events that transpire, it makes so much more sense when we read it as a complete work. Now, to read God's Word is the most basic form of study, but it is also the most profitable. It's the simplest, easiest, is just to read it. Um, because by reading it, you'll learn a huge portion of what God is trying to tell us. I, I said, you know, we could easily learn 90%, but just think, what if you just sit down and you read your Bible and you learn 50%? Well, that's a huge amount. That's 50% of what God is trying to tell us. How else are we going to get that volume of learning from God other than the Bible? That is still a large percentage. Imagine even knowing, you know, all, all that he wants us to know, and it's right there for us. 
We want our children to listen to us, right? I mean, that's one of those things we do. We want them to listen. The same goes for God. He wants us to listen and pay attention to Him. See what God says when we reject His Word and knowledge. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. I'm sure this is familiar. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. We are being destroyed spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and I would say physically as well for simply being ignorant of God's word, for not knowing it as well as we should. We, and we see it in the world. We see it in the world in a very real, simplistic way. Uh, people are scarring themselves, maiming themselves, doing all kinds of things to themselves because they don't know God. They're not content with what they are. They want to be something other than what they are. But we should not be ignorant. We have God's Word in so many ways, and it's always available to us. I mean, I, I have... I have multiple versions of the Bible on my phone. I must have six or eight different versions. You can, a bunch of them, uh, I can listen to uh, through audio. They will, they will basically read the Word to me. There's just so many advantages we have now. Um, we just have no excuse for not learning and knowing God's Word. Let's see what God has said about this. If we look in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 through 14, for this commandment, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? The word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. God's Word is not hidden from us. It is easy for us to have, to read, and to understand more now than any other time in history. We study God's Word to know Him, to know His will, to know His character, to know how He regards us, to understand what God wants of us, and to be more like our Heavenly Father so we can follow our Lord. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So we should be imitating God. We also study the Bible for guidance from the Lord. Psalm 119, verse 105, it says it very plainly, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Bible corrects us and leads us in the proper way. The Bible also teaches us to have the life that God wants for us. If we look at Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, 
whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And the Bible, as God's word is truth, is also final authority to us in our lives. If we look at John 17, verses 13 through 19, this is uh, where Jesus is praying for the apostles and us. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. The truth, as Jesus in his prayer for the apostles says, he has given us God's word. He has given us the truth. God's word is the truth. We are sanctified, we're blessed, we're cleansed, and we're consecrated to God through his word, through his truth. And God also encourages us in his word. We just look at Joshua 1, verses uh, 8 through 9. That's Joshua 1, verses 8 and 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or be dismayed. For your Lord, sorry, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. These are not all the reasons, of course, that we should study God's Word, but these are important reasons, and I thought they would uh, be helpful to get us started. They, they can include a lot of other reasons in, in, a general, in a general way. Then we want to look at our prayer life. Again, the world would mock us and make fun of us for praying to God. We cannot see God, so what's the point? If we can't see him, he doesn't exist. But again, we see proof of God all around us every day. We see the universe that he has made, the stars, the sun, everything. Even the Bible, as I said earlier, the Bible is a miracle that testifies to God's existence all by itself. But prayer should be our easiest, most simple task. Talk to God. That's that's really what it is. We can do this almost any time. We can even think a silent prayer. We don't need to be showy or holier than thou, as some bad examples you know, in the Gospels were. But we can mentally think or talk to God in our hearts and minds at all times. If you see where Jesus tells us of the greatest commandment, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And you, know, you might think, why, why my mind? Because the Lord knows our thoughts. And there's two really good examples of this, Matthew 12, 25, 
but Jesus knew their thoughts. And also Luke eleven seventeen. but he, again, speaking to Jesus, knowing their thoughts, and he replies to them in an appropriate way. Um, but the point was, Jesus and God knows our hearts and our minds. He hears our thoughts. It doesn't mean we should not or cannot pray out loud, nothing like that. But under some circumstances, uh, silent prayer makes more sense. And, you know, God is always available to us in this manner. God wants to hear from us. He's interested in us. It's something we need to be aware of and realize. So if we look at some reasons for why we pray, an easy way to get some reasons is to look at the, the Lord's Prayer and dissect that. If we look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we pray to thank God and to praise God. Again, letting him know that we are thankful and honoring him, worshiping him. And again, reminding ourselves and strengthening our faith. For God is all-powerful and he is our source. Now look at verse 10. We pray for God's kingdom to come and his will be done. Of course, we want to be in God's kingdom. And this reminds us of our final destination, the ultimate spiritual kingdom, which Matt was referring to earlier. It is our, you know, just like the kingdom now is spiritual in the sense that we are the kingdom, but we're not. It's not a physical kingdom here, but we will be in the ultimate spiritual kingdom later when we're all with God. Anyway, so this reminds us of that final destination, and this gives us our eternal hope. If we look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, Therefore let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, and this is referring to God's truth, God's word, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. So what John is referring to there is, of course, the truth of God's word, the truth of his love. If God's word abides in you, then you have eternal life. Next, because God also knows everything. He's omniscient, and he wants, uh, he wants what is best for us. So we pray for his will to occur so we will be in agreement with God and to remind ourselves that like Jesus, it's not what we want, it's not our will, but it's what God's will is that's important. If you look at uh, Mark chapter 14, verse 36, and this is Jesus again, he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. So like Jesus, it's not what we want that matters. It's what God wants. This also feeds our faith and our trust in God the Father. 
reminds us of the proper perspective, knowing that we're not all-knowing. Only God knows everything and knows what we really need and what needs to happen and how things need to be. In verse 11, as we go down through the prayer, we ask God to supply our daily needs. Again, we humble ourselves. We acknowledge God is our source, knowing that he loves and cares for us and that he will provide. Because if you, if you think about it, we wouldn't even ask if we didn't think he would do something. What would be the point? So in verse 12, we ask for forgiveness. We acknowledge our sins, our wrongdoings. But at the same time, we also remind ourselves that we need to forgive. We need to forgive others. And forgiving can be a very hard thing. When someone has truly wronged you, has truly offended you in some manner, we know that can be very difficult to let go of. But we must, we must remember and we must forgive others so that we will be forgiven. In verse 13, we ask for God's further guidance and deliverance, again admitting that we need God to lead us and still save us, save us mainly from ourselves. That is the state that we are in as humans. We need God. Then notice in, in the Lord's Prayer, he ends, he ends on a strong note. We glorify God and his power, reminding ourselves again of God's kingdom, which is our hope, and of God's power that we can rely on to aid us in this life. Nothing is too difficult for God. And again, this list is not complete or comprehensive. Hopefully it's a decent little start. Like I said, each of these things could deserve their own months of series, I'm sure. But these four things, gratefulness, praise, studying God's word, prayer, they are crucial. They're crucial for our spiritual, emotional, mental, and I believe even our physical health. They bring God's character and love and power back to our remembrance. It's no surprise that everything God asks us to do for him is actually very, very beneficial for us. He cares about us. He always knows what he's doing. And these activities, they are for our improvement, for our happiness, for our joy, for our peace. So fin finally, uh, I want to read a few verses for you from Paul. They are also about these topics. And... Uh, one of these verses, again, Matt used earlier, it's, this is Philippians 4, uh, verses 4 through 13. I always think of this as like God's recipe for basically a, a kind of a happy, contented life. And it's Philippians 4, verses 4 through 13. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. In other words, praise God. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. The Lord is with us. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Pray and be thankful. 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, so that we will have peace within ourselves. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things these things. Fill our mind with good things, such as the Bible, God's Word. That is the best, the best of the best. And then there's a few verses here to get to where we want. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Again, that does reference back to that we would have peace in our lives. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Speaking of them supporting his ministry, uh, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. In other words, Paul is saying he has learned to be content. And we should be content with the blessings we have, knowing that God will supply our, our every need. And then he finishes too in verse 13, very strong with another great reminder. And it's, it's basically our motto. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A reminder of the Lord's power in us and how he can pull us through and take us through everything in this life. So I hope this has been helpful and an encouraging reminder of these things. If anyone here is, uh, is not a Christian and would like to become one, or if anyone here has needs for prayers or assistance, please come forward as we stand and sing.